It's Jasmine. You know, that girl who did You Know What way before the internet or social media existed with my co-host Greg Alperin. Joining me to help control the um <laughs> chaos, we're going to talk about anything and everything on this brand new episode of Crazy Train with me, Jasmine St. Clair, all aboard. Welcome to another episode of Crazy Train with Jasmine St. Clair. Now, my co-host Greg is missing in action today. So that means um, I probably won't be as tame as I usually am, but I'm joined by my very special guest, April Hunter. Hello, hello. Hi. <laughs> oh, my what God. Ep- <laughs> what episode to get wild, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. It's called Crazy Train with a K for a reason. I mean, please. And and as long as like Greg is in here, I have to tell you, I miss my co-host because he has the most amazing voice and they're heterosexual men. I actually want to have sex with that like his voice better than mine. (sighs) That's funny. Yeah, I'm having like no luck whatsoever. Um, (laughs) So how is everything? You sound amazing, by the way. Oh, thank you. I'm, I'm, I'm lucky. I just got over like everybody else getting sick for the the holidays. So um, for me, it was not COVID. There was some other stuff going around. So I got bronchitis that went into pneumonia and that wasn't too much fun. So if I'm a little slow, I'm not operating on all cylinders. So please Mm -hmm. forgive me, but um, I'm doing a whole lot better than I was. That's for sure. No, that's good. I think a lot of people right now are, um, you know, getting they thinking it's covid but you know it's good in a way for the people that have the testing places like the small mom pop businesses that are doing covid testing because mm-hmm. they are making a bang load of bucks from that for sure <laughs> well out where where i am there's no testing available at all and um i've heard from others that they're running in the same thing so you'll have to wait four or five days for testing and you'll have to maybe drive across town to get it um which was infuriating because we're pretty, you know, we're pretty conditioned now that early treatment has to be done within three days. So if you have to wait five days for testing, it's kind of like, you know what I mean? At this point, it's ridiculous that we don't have testing everywhere set up. Like it's, it's just stupid. So my friend from California was here and he was shocked to see how the situation was. Cause he said in California, it's everywhere. You can just drive up and it's no big deal. Yeah, it's so, almost like going to Burger King or something or, or Shake. What is, what is the big one in Florida? Checkers? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Steak and Shake. Oh, my God. I love Steak and Shake, like really bad food. Speaking <laughs> of which, like you're the last person I'd even think would want any bit of junk food because you started off doing fitness modeling, right? I did. Yep. Um, I actually, believe it or not. Yeah, <laughs> there's a story. I use fit- <laughs> fitness modeling to get away from addiction. Oh, what s- addiction? Um, at the time, it was cocaine when mm-hmm. I was very, very young. I was a late teens and I needed to get away from that group of friends and I needed something to do at night. I'm a night person. I needed a new group of people to hang out with that was, you know, healthier and a better influence on me. So I joined a gym. Wow. I never knew that about you. That's shocking. Seriously. Yeah. That's really good. 
Well, I replaced one addiction with the other and uh, it worked out. And um, then late, you know, it's 20 years later, I'm told that's how you have to break addiction is replace one with another. So there you go. I didn't know that, but. <laughs> I knew it from going to Al-Anon because my, uh, my life was affected pretty bad from an alcoholic at one point. Now, did you actually go to meetings? I mean, not to be personal, I'm just curious, like, did you go to meetings at any point? No, um, it wasn't that bad for me. It was just one year where things sort of started to spiral. And I, I do come from uh, an alcoholic family. So I saw what was happening. Oh. Um, I do have a pretty good shutoff valve. But I guess I was 19 years old and the shutoff valve wasn't as strong then as it is now, you know, party, party, party. Um, and I could see where it was going if I didn't change something dramatically. Yeah, that's amazing. I totally, I just knew you're a cool, you're beautiful and super talented and smart, you know, really good businesswoman, by the way, we'll get to that later, but very smart, by the way, because she makes the best candles. Um, and I just didn't know there was all this like, whole other layer to April. I'm just kind of sitting here like, huh? But that's amazing. So you started with the bodybuilding and did you ever win any type of championships or anything like that? Or is that what they're called? Championships or contests? Um yeah, it's contests, I guess, that's uh, what they called. I didn't compete that much. I honestly, uh, <laughs> I hated the competing because I hated the diet. It was so restrictive. Um, I did a few. I placed in one and went to nationals, did not do well in that. It was basically um, a way for me to stay on target and stay in control and hit goals. So when I would do a fitness competition, it was to, I was like, okay, so... 12 weeks from now, I have a bunch of shoots coming up. Maybe I could also get in really good shape and do a fitness competition as well. Oh, that's how it works. It's pretty interesting. <laughs> and you started at a super young age too, right? I did. Uh, about, well, 19 is when I got into the gym. And what was the next step for April at that point? Was it Playboy? Like, what was it next? Um, gosh, where was I at that point? <laughs> um, actually, I was doing burlesque. Oh, so no, I, really? Yeah. So I started touring. I had to think for a minute. Wow. Like just when I thought you were cool, it's like now you're cooler. So you were actually doing burlesque before, which is pretty interesting. I mean, that's you have to like choreograph that. How does that work? Uh, yes, uh, you do have to choreograph it. And I did a lot of I, a lot of uh, I had an agent and we had a lot of conventions in Vegas and I was a, I guess, a national act. So I oh. lived in an RV or tour bus, and I would just get sent to various places to headline um, their shows and clubs and events. So I did that for a couple of years. Well, that is pretty awesome. But in an RV or an Airstream, an RV? It was a Georgie boy, actually. So not <laughs> as cool as an Airstream, but it was definitely a cool way to live. And I was on the road for a pretty long time. Wow. I'd be afraid though. Like when you pull into town is because I was feature dancing for all those years and I've had like weirdos come up to my hotel room door, banging it like at all hours. Um, then I had Gene Simmons calling me till 5am in the morning. And that's, yeah, that's, where, that's, that's where we met. When? In that well, you and I met in that crazy time because you were doing the same thing sort of. Yeah. Was I at Al's or something? Uh, you might've been. Yeah, is that up in, up in Allentown? 
I was at Al's and I was at another place too. They're really nice people, by the way, whoever, wherever was that good food. <laughs> but yeah, Missy Hyatt, like I wanted to meet Gene Simmons for the longest mm-hmm. time. Like I love Kiss. And I didn't, I don't know what she told him to this day. Uh, and maybe he, I think he just took it the wrong way with his ego. And then it's like, he comes to a strip club. I'm featuring out with these two blondes. And they, I guess they were, I don't know. I guess they were cute. I don't know. So then we exchanged phone numbers, but I just wanted him to sign my shit. I didn't want him to like call me and like, tell me, I just wanted my shit signed. So needless to say, I never got anything signed. Um, I didn't really want to hook up with him. Um, that is, that is a, uh, <laughs> so there'll be a lot of women jealous of you. Really? Paul Stanley, maybe, but I don't know. I still have my questions about Paul Stanley. Um, <laughs> so yeah, you were just, because I would imagine going into a club and like, wh- where would you actually park this RV? Um, I towed a smaller van behind it. So the RV would stay in an RV park and the van would be full of my shit, (laughs) (laughs) my, my tour stuff, props, all that, all that craziness costumes. I would pack that into a van and head over. That's so awesome. I mean, that's amazing. And then somewhere along this line, so April actually trained to wrestle with Killer Kowalski, which is a big deal. How did you even think about wrestling? And is this what you wanted to do when you were a kid? Like, we all have different dreams as a kid. So, oh boy, that's a really loaded, multi layered Okay, question. we'll go one at a time. What do you want to be when you grow up? Not that we ever grow up. But... I wanted to be a veterinarian <laughs> and a professional dancer. Aww. Well, you did. Uh-huh. <laughs> I don't. Um, yeah, so I, let's see, how did I transition one, one thing to the other? I ended up out in Las Vegas. Um, in Las Vegas, I ended up starting my, I met Lisa Lip. So I had already met her before, but she was kind of a neighbor and she is really, really business savvy, very smart. A lot of the women in the adult industry are really freaking smart. They're entrepreneurs. They're very business-minded. They are um, shockingly together. And she falls into that category, as you do. And they, she and her husband at the time were putting together, they were, they were making money off of websites mm-hmm. where she could reduce her time on the road. Yeah. And she convinced me that I could get off the road as well because it was starting to really beat me up. Mm-hmm. So, um, she's like, no, you don't have to do adult stuff. You can just keep to what you're doing, which, you know, a lot of people don't understand. Um, they think everything is porn. Whereas my stance is if it's nudity, it's erotica. Mm-hmm. So I've always ventured into that end more than the, um, the, how do yeah. I call it? Yeah, the films I haven't done, I haven't ventured over there. So therefore my paycheck wasn't as large as everybody else's. <laughs> You're not missing out anything. Trust me. Um, I always figured one day I would want to have a kid and that's kind of what kept me from doing that. I was like, mm, I don't know the difference between, you know, mm, that film's just around forever, you know? Yeah. Um, that didn't work out. So, and I, it just wasn't my, wasn't my, my avenue. But in Vegas, I ended up doing a lot of fitness stuff out there and a lot of uh, conventions. And then I got hired and signed by Metrics. Mm-hmm. I got signed overseas by um, Extreme Nutrition in, U- in the UK. 
So I was sponsored by both of them as an athlete. And at that particular time, Playboy was looking to do another hard bodies edition. Right. So I got into the hard body edition and uh, Kimberly Page was also in that, uh, the, that, um, that edition. Really? And, mm-hmm. Oh. Uh, so was uh, DDP. So WCW saw that um, that layout, and then they had somebody contact me to ask if I was interested in coming on board. Oh, so. I thought they were like, I thought that they were so um, like beyond Christian conservative, like beyond, I don't know, beyond way like conservative, conservative. And I just that's very shocking to me. I don't know. But yeah. I know a lot of people, even if they are, they kind of make uh, an exception for Playboy. I mean, there's a million yeah. Southern Bells that have done layouts that are all about praise Jesus. So it's it's kind of iconic, you know. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ with that cross yeah. down my boobs, down my cooch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good Lord, baby Jesus, thank you for this layout and this money. I will put some food on my table. Thank you. I'll be putting that food on my table tonight. Thank you, Lord. So yeah, it's a business decision, you know, for a lot of people, they kind of, you know, some people separate business and personal with that kind of stuff. You'd be surprised. I mean, yeah, I, I just, I wake up with these crazy, this is a, this is like the perfect time for me to do anything with a conversation because early in the morning, like my day starts off and it really is a crazy train. I go in a million different ways. Like you wouldn't even believe it. Then I finally settle down at around one or two in the afternoon <laughs> and I'm not even on drugs. Um <laughs> So that's okay. So then you got into the whole wrestling with WCW. So going to wrestling school, I imagine that was something you did on your own. Um, no, oh. <laughs> I've had a, a series of fortunate events in my life that have led me on a very interesting path. Yeah. <laughs> so WCW, um, there, Terry Taylor there was mm-hmm. extraordinarily cool. Mm-hmm. And he knew they really weren't doing anything with me at the time. I was kind of coming out with the NWO guys, but kind of, you know, like sometimes they'd use us, sometimes they didn't. I'm not somebody who works for money. I work for um, job satisfaction and creativity. Yeah. So if I'm not, even if I'm making money, but I'm not, I'm sitting in the back, I'm not happy. I don't know if that makes sense. It's just not, it's not no, my it thing. Does. It does. Um, so I, I said something to him and he said, I might be able to, he goes, give me a minute. So he called Jim Ross. Mm-hmm. And he told them, he's like, he said, listen, you guys should grab her. Um, she's on a per show, not a contract. Mm-hmm. You really should take a look at her. Oh. So they had me come over and meet with the writers. And then they sent me to Killer Kowalski's in Boston. So I had to move from, I was on the left coast. I'd oh. move from Vegas to Boston. Because at the time I was doing a lot of uh, auditions. I didn't want to live in L.A., but I didn't have a problem getting a $35 Southwest flight out to LA to do something if it fit my body type. Yeah. So, you know, I didn't look typical. Um, so I didn't see the point in going out to do like every audition that would come along. So <laughs> like some people, uh, person company included. Uh, hey, no, now it's different now. Now, you know what I mean? They, now it's a lot more open-minded, but back then, um, this was, this was back in the day. They wanted just tiny little blondes and that was never me. It was not going to be me. So. Yeah. But you're a redhead with a hard body and redheads are super difficult. Just like twins are in acting. Um, 
and like you took care of yourself, you still take care of yourself. So it's a way different story, like a totally different ball game, uh, <laughs> which is good. But yeah, then you progressed into doing all these amazing things, which brings me to the next thing. I So I worked in ECW at the time where things were really cool and when wrestling was great. So I, obviously I knew who you were. And I, I was really puzzled because I just like you didn't come from that whole tough enough thing. And you seem to really have your heart into it like a million percent. What was your thought on things like tough enough that would just, you know, hire these girls or fitness models? And I'm excluding like Trish and Tori, just like everyone else. And, you know, they'd even hire girls off of like casting networks LA for these gigs now. Like, what are your thoughts on the whole wrestling nowadays, even with females? Well, to be honest, I don't watch a, a lot of it, a, a lot of the recent stuff. But back then, I thought the first round of Tough Enough was actually pretty cool because mm-hmm. they did work everybody pretty hard. Um, as it went on, you know, as things tend to go, it got more about the drama and less about um, wrestling, I guess, in a way. Um, and I understand it from a business perspective. Somebody who has been on an MTV show is going to draw tons of viewers yeah but i think there were at the time i thought there was space for everybody Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but often with wwe it's an all or nothing like they go on a hiring spree and they only want former olympic athletes they don't want any indie guys or they only want people that used to be in roh they don't want um you know what i mean like they they that's like an all or nothing yeah, that's kind of weird because I feel that there's so many amazing guys out on the indie circuit mm-hmm. and a lot of amazing girls that were out there that I, you know, I was hoping to see some of them up there when I was wrestling for XPW. There was this really good guy, like despite our personal differences and all the psychodrama that went down. I mean, can you imagine two creative people having psychodrama? Wow. Uh, uh, no, I've never yeah. seen that ever. There's a reason we're all called crazy artists. Right. I think is, I think the more talented and the more creative and passionate you are, the more apt you are to get like a knife held to your throat by the guy you're hanging out with because you're probably doing better than him. There's just one example of many, but um, it's kind of hot though. So we, <laughs> he was really an amazingly talented guy. He had all the makings of what could have been a superstar. And I guess they picked, I don't know. It was one of those other blonde wrestlers, not test or Jericho, maybe like triple H or whatever it was. Or the, uh, the, pro- the prodigy, that guy, John Cena over him. You know, and I felt bad because I just think there's room for everyone. And after I spoke to Jazz uh, mm-hmm. like last week, I was kind of, you know, disappointed in the WWE that he did not know how to market her. I mean, she could take on guys. Oh, I know. It's such a shame. I, I was I was OK. So I, I worked uh, I went out to UPW, too. So <laughs> they, they were running. They were drilling everybody out there like machines i do remember that like kowalski's had a different style which is why i ended up training in california for a little while too and then mexico so it was everybody has their own style and they had some really good people out there in california um it's so sad so many of them like i feel could have been in a better like really for what you know thriving in the wwe or one of those bigger leagues frankie kazarian yeah what there's a name Mm-hmm. He trained at Kowalski's and UPW and all over the place. That is somebody who should have been uh, given a really good shot. 
he yes. had a look, he had the talent, he could carry people. Um, I always thought that he just did not get, um, I don't, I don't know why. Um, maybe it was cause you know, sometimes they won't look at people who are a little shorter sometimes, which is stupid yeah. because I mean, you can't tell how tall somebody is on TV. No, no, no. And yeah. their attitudes are larger than life. I remember it. Now I remember him. He was actually really talented. I thought he was going to get signed as well. Extremely. Mm-hmm. That's just, it's just such a shame. And yeah. So then you went on to do, what was it like working? Oh, TNA? oh God. Yeah. Oh, well, what I was going to say with, yeah. with jazz Jasmine yeah. um, and Mercedes, uh-huh. I was thrilled to death to see her hired because oh, yeah. she, I came up with her. And with she jazz? Really, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, we, we both started in New England and <laughs> she busted her ass and she busted my ass half the time, too. A lot of times it's just us. Um, to see her get hired and to see her defy um, the norm by getting hired later in life mm-hmm. as a female because there's so much emphasis on age and um you know hdtv and all that stuff you know oh you look good for your age kind of stuff and (laughs) i was really excited to see that for her i mean obviously she looks good she's always gonna look good but and then it just seemed like what happened they just dropped the ball yeah i mean she didn't even get her own action figure or her own like poster or like t-shirts. And I feel a lot of young girls, it would have been a really inspirational thing for a lot of the younger girls out there. And there are guys out there who love a woman who can kick ass, you know? And I just, I thought she's the most badass thing I ever met when I worked with her. And when she like picked me up to powerbomb me, I'm like, how is she going to pick me up? And she's stronger than most men. <laughs> so yeah. she had everything going on in the makings of a superstar, but I know something good will happen to her. You know, more of the good things will happen. Someone else will, you know, do something. She's doing her own school now. Did you ever think of running your own school or any type of workshops? Uh, not really. A couple of people have, well, actually a lot of people have asked me about training, but I never really pursued that. <laughs> so <laughs> nope, never really gave it a whole lot of thought, to be honest with you. Yeah, because like the first time you and I met officially, officially is when you came to work for me. I know I was a bitch at first. Um, so I was just, yeah, I was I a total. You were? Well, no, oh, thank you. No, I was a little bit of a bitch at first when I started 3PW Wrestling because literally, if you think about it, I kind of was one of the first female pro- promoters. It wasn't freaking oh, yeah. man. Oh, oh were, were you a bitch in general? Oh, yes, absolutely. But were you a oh, bitch to, were you a bitch to me? No. Thank you so much. I'm so flattered. Dude, that is the nicest thing anyone said to me all day. Like a guy told me today, he's like, if you gave me COVID, I'd be happy. You're so hot and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yeah, t- dude, I don't Funny. know. COVID. Just suck my ass. But dude, that is the sweetest thing anyone has said to me like all year. And the year is just beginning. Oh my God. Okay. No, I used to watch you when you got all bitchy and it would crack me up because you know why? Yeah, these guys there was a locker room full of guys <laughs> and it was just myself george uh talia or velvet and you yeah. but you'd have these guys and a lot of them would just be okay how do i put this bitchy bitch N- no a lot of people would be resentful it seemed like a little mm-hmm. bit mm-hmm. that you were You're a right. female that you were a female promoter but they desperately wanted to work for you but they weren't respectful about it that's you know you're the only what's your sign again um libra and scorpio yeah, rising scorpio in. that's why you got it so you picked up my vibe 
and you picked up what was going on. Scorpios are intuitive guys listening. So do not ever date a Scorpio and do not date someone that has a friend that is a psychic because we will catch on to your shit. Um, <laughs> a lot of guys were resentful for sure. And it's true. They were like super disrespectful. If I didn't want to hire them, um, I wanted to always bring you in. And that's when I officially met you and being like a female wrestling promoter was super difficult, but I just, you know, I just got out of it after because I, I can't like, I didn't want to deal with the egos of the guys and contrary to popular belief, I didn't take money from someone and run off with it. If it was a million dollars, maybe, but <laughs> you know, right. But yeah, I respected a lot of the stuff you were doing and what were you what, like with wrestling in general, did you see yourself staying there? Did you just quit when you wanted to, when you're just doing indies? Cause I know it's just been a very different ride for a lot of us. Um, I kind of weaned down. So I was getting, I was getting injured. Oh. Um, you know, you work with, you know, what happens with the women or happened at that time when I was working was a lot, a lot of the promoters didn't want to bring in any, didn't want to spend the money on women. So they would throw you in the ring with somebody's very uh, fairly untrained girlfriend to have a match. Oh. And we were, you know, I was getting injured, you know, stupid things. You know, somebody would flail their arms, not know how to sell and they would, you know, break my nose or, oh. you know, somebody would panic in the ring and not know how to cover up and just drop a knee and break my elbow. Um, yeah. And after a while it starts to add up. Um, I was working overseas more often at times too because i found that the the vibe was different it was a lot more professional but mm -hmm. the injuries started to pile up so i started doing more tags to save my body and then i started just staying outside the ring and managing and that's how i ended my career at shine wrestling i wrestled one more time and i was in a uh, 10 female tag match we had about an hour-long match Ooh. it was a it was an awesome match we had a lot of fun with it the crowd seemed into it for the entire time and then um i think that was the last time i wrestled for the most part other than some customs and i don't consider them wrestling i consider them shoots yeah well yeah well that's different i mean a lot of people order those i i, I remember seeing that years ago um the woman that trained me to wrestle because that's what i was originally trained to do she was a glow girl and they she has a ring up in calabasas where it's super hot I think I know who you're talking about. The redhead yeah, during the summer. I was training with Sue Sexton. Okay. So she told me about those videos. I guess the woman who owned the ring, ring we did rent to go wrestle and train in. She told me about this and I had no clue what it was. I know Nicole Bass was doing stuff like that. Mm -hmm. um, but obviously with you, it's like very uh, technical. And what even got you into that? And was it your idea? Um, Lexi Fife did actually. I thought it was kind oh. of, uh, I, I thought it was dodgy when somebody was booking me for costumes the first time and they can be, they can be. Now I just kind of book them through uh, reputable people um, <laughs> or companies, but excuse me. Okay. Um, but it is one of the few ways for women to make good money in wrestling. I don't say good money, decent money in wrestling. Because our paycheck is so different than what the man, the male, the males make. Yeah, it's it's a whole nother it's a totally different ball game now. Like I don't really I hardly ever watch it, you know, like I sort of do and I kind of do and don't. Um, I'm just excited for XPW wrestling to be making a big comeback. Uh, yeah, they did an amazing show in Rochester and 
it was a pay-per-view called Rebirth. So Mm -hmm. he's bringing it out here, which I think is going to do extremely successful. Do you ever see yourself getting back in the ring again? Um, The bug hits every once in a while, you know. (laughs) I'll see something. I'll be like, Oh, what did I see recently? So I went, (laughs) I went to a Ren fair and they have something called human chess. Okay. And uh, have you ever seen this? I'm thinking if it's what it is, I don't know. Is it just like bar wrestling where they just wrestle each other in a bar, like two normal Joe Schlows? Nope. It's um, it's usually got a storyline based. Um, There's a chess board on the um, green on the yard. Mm -hmm. The crowd sits around. And it's based on something. So the last one was based on uh, killing William Wallace, but not before Scotland went against England. Okay. So, so these guys and girls, there'll be girls going against the guys. They are, they're trained and they go out there and they will have a full on freaking wrestling match. And they will also have it with weapons. So they're having, they're having sword fights. They're having, uh, they're doing weapons. They're pretending to decapitate each other or cut each other's nuts off. And they're also wrestling and suplexing each other in the, in the thing, in the mud and everywhere else. And I was watching it. I'm like, oh my God, I want to do that just once, at least once. I want to do it because I know I can do it. I know I can do all the sword fighting and all the weapons and all the wrestling. And I know I would, it would be awesome. I want to do a run-in so badly. You said that, yeah, I'll do a run-in for free. I'll tell you what my run-in should be. It'll be a finisher <laughs> called the Lorena Bobbitt, and it'll be an accident. And we just have to pick someone who we think is just really not a good person and just put him in there wrestling, and I'll cut a stick off. They actually had that spot. They had that spot at the end where they uh, denutted one of the guys and then threw the nuts across the yard. Yeah, but, you know, nowadays... <laughs> A lot of girls do that to guys emotionally, like they're castrating them. It's such a different, um, it is. No, no, no. This was a guy doing it to another guy physically. Um, You know, it was obviously just all work. It was, the crowd loved it. It was hilarious. Because the guy was wearing a kilt. (laughs) Well, that's kind of sexy. Like Raven was kind of hot when he had his kilt. I don't know what was under it. Well, that's enough. So uh, yeah, anyway, (laughs) um, about those kilts. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I want a Lorena Bob. I'd love to do a Lorena Bob running. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, who doesn't have a kilt fetish, right? I don't know why more men don't wear them. First off, they're cooler in the summer. Secondly, they're freaking hot. So (laughs) that's that's it. There's two things right there. You're comfortable. They're fucking hot. What else do you need to wear a kilt? Seriously? Yeah, guys, so start wearing kilts, no man buns, no bitch bags. Like, don't hey, wear a man bag. I'm actually okay with a man bun. I know I'm going to go against the grain with that, but I'm all right with it. So certain people can pull it off pretty well. It depends. Like, when I was in Scandinavia, those guys did it there all the time in the summer before it was, mm-hmm. like, when it was hot or if they were cooking because guys there actually cook. And then... I guess some guys do it here. Then here you come and then you see the hipsters wearing it with like the pants hanging on their butts and it's just all this stuff. I, I can't even tell the difference between a girl and a guy sometimes from behind when I see them. Maybe on the East Coast, it's different because like, you know, people are might be a little bit more manly. It's Florida, right? Where they do that. Yeah, that's that's different. Where I am? Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, I can't judge because when it's hot out, my hair is up in a bun too. So if some dude has long hair, I'm not going to. Yeah. I'm not going to, you know, make a big fuss over him wanting to roll it up in, uh, on top of his head. I, I get it. I totally do. <laughs> I got to I got to get out of that because it's only one hot guy or one guy that I think super hot with a man bun. It's this Icelandic um, soccer player, Rui Clausen. Mm-hmm. And he, my God, this guy, I just, 
oh, it's a good thing I don't live in Iceland. That's all I have to say. Um, but yeah, so you never really grew up watching wrestling, did you? No, I did not. Um, my dad, um, ever since I was very young, like really young, he was big into teaching me um, <laughs> a lot. So we started with, I was taking Taekwondo classes very young. I started with um, martial arts with, with him very young. Um, I think his goal was basically to make me unrapeable. That's <laughs> you know, good. I, I was the first kid. I was his daughter and it was just me for a little while. And yeah, so any kind of Kung Fu move he could show me. So I remember him saying, you know, showing me the monkey flip before I knew what it was. He's like, somebody comes at you. Don't try and push back on them. Just go with it. Throw them. Oh my, the monkey flip. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. That's like yeah. one of the first flips I ever learned. Yep. And wrestling was that it was such a weird thing. And they're just, it's such a weird thing with your body. You don't know what it can do till you actually get in there and, um, you know, and do it. <laughs> yep. So I ended, I gravitated towards, um, UFC and MMA. That was kind of what I was into wrestling to me was a little bit too loud and colorful where mm-hmm. I preferred, um, the MMA, especially having been a martial artist. Yeah. But when I, when I got with WCW, I would sit down there. We had to check in by one o'clock and the show wasn't until seven. Mm-hmm. Um, so the guys would get in the ring and practice, especially the, the cruiserweights. And some of them, I'd watch them, you know, back in the day I used to be, um, I was a gymnast and I would compete and I would watch them. I, I was like, oh, I would be just very, very impressed with how athletic pro wrestling was. Um, it kind of won me over in person once I was already in it. Yeah, it's a different adrenaline rush. Most people don't really understand. I tried like Rene Dupree had me on his podcast and I was trying to explain to him what I like the adrenaline rush I felt going into a ring. And I had this horrible motorcycle crash once I wasn't driving the bike myself. I was behind. I was and it was an ex. I was on the back of his bike and he wasn't like a normal, crazy guy date. He was a normal well. That sounds really horrible. He wasn't, a, mm-hmm. oh, no, actually doesn't. It sounds realistic. He wasn't like a normal psychotic, crazy guy that wants to go up and down speeding. He was just a normal, he was like the crackerest cracker of them all. <laughs> and, you know, this woman just hit us head on. Uh, she ran a stop sign and hit us. And I went flying through the air, but it was just really awesome, like fear rush. I'm like, wow, it's going to happen. It's like everything stopped in time. Then I landed and like my adrenaline just went whoop, like mm-hmm. way through the roof. Nothing happened to me though. Uh, he had two broken hands. That's all. Um, so yeah, it was, an, <laughs> it was an interesting night, but that's my adrenaline rush. And, you know, I, I get it. So you moved on to so many other things since then. And do you have any intention now to get married? What? No. Oh my God. <laughs> I don't know. I just where did you pick that one out of? Married life. Yeah, I wonder how no. many marriages survived COVID, huh? Oh God, no. <laughs> I I I have zero marriage plans in my life. Actually, I I was divorced back in 2013, and I never knew if I was ever going to get married ever again. Well, never say never because Tina Turner went to Switzerland after she had uh, like sworn off men after Ike Turner mm-hmm. and ended up marrying this really handsome guy in Switzerland. 
Yeah, I mean, I don't say never, but I'm just saying, uh, no, no, no plans. That's all. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, I just, I have no plans. As, I mean, actually, a guy dumped me because he thought it was weird that I like to wrestle. And he heard one of the episodes on the podcast. And that is like recently. So he's, first of all, he's like fucking old. He's 40 years old. And he just didn't get it. Then it's like, he's like, well, something's got to be wrong with you. You have a few loose screws if you think it's okay to get thrown around. Blah, blah, blah. So that's the second time in my life. A guy's like said I'm weird for liking that. Mm. Yeah. It's like a well, dating, you know, I, I, um, I was trying to figure out my friend, my friend went on a couple dates recently and she was telling me her adventures <laughs> and, um, cause she's, she's just started seeing somebody and then she's been seeing somebody and, um, I was trying to figure out, is it harder to date as we get a little older because there's not as much out there or is it harder to date because we know ourselves better. We know what works and doesn't work and we're more aware of what we need and want and are looking for. So mm-hmm. the list gets tight. You know what I mean? Like, Hey, I need someone that's going to match my values and morals. Hey, um, I kind of like, can't deal with this but I can deal with this. Like when you're younger, you're just like, Oh yeah, you're hot and you have a nice dick. Come on, move in. You know, when, when, you're, <laughs> when you're, when you're older, you're just like, mm, yeah, I don't know. See, I still make the same. I still do that same shit. Like when I was 27, 20 years old, I still do the same crap. I think I'll always be spontaneous like that where I just, it's the Jasmine crazy train as my ex once told me years ago. Um, you know, as old as he was, he's still probably the, one of the better guys I've actually dated in my life. Cause he understood me, but there are some quirks and quanders here and there, but nonetheless, he said, it's the Jasmine crazy train. It gets up and it's off for the day, but you do not know where it's going to end up. Like I could end up at a, a convent. I can end up, um, like down by the beach. I, I, I don't know. I can end up at all different places. You just don't know, but you can't be surprised. Uh, yeah, I, I still do that stuff. I just I think it's because we had the online dating and I feel as though people find some kind of oh, thing. It's easier that way. Uh, the seduction is done through texting. So I could, you know, be the perfect personals ad. And then the guy shows up like I went on a date the other night and I almost got into a fistfight with another guy while I was on a date with one guy. And he's just sitting back watching the whole thing. Oh, my God. Well, someone was harassing us at a restaurant. It was outdoor seating. And the guy kept coming over. I'm like, look, I'm going to give you 20 bucks. I just want you to go away. Or I'm going to hit you with this chair. So <laughs> the manager of the restaurant's there. And like, I'm ready to give the guy 20 bucks. But this guy who's on a date with me. I had no freaking clue like what to do. So I don't know. Like, uh, what do you do in a situation like that? You know, I don't know. I, <laughs> I have, I've yet to find myself in that situation for the most part, but I, I also don't online date. I gave it up a while ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm okay being alone and I'm okay um, meeting people in person. It's few and far between, but I'll actually pull from my, um, my, I hate to say this, but my guy friends, you know, like I'll see if there's a connection there. If I'm single for a while, I'll see if there's a connection there with anybody and give that a go. And if it doesn't work out, we stay friends. So I, dating gives me anxiety. It feels like there's, there's too much going on. People miss, especially online dating, they misrepresent themselves. 
um, I have a tendency to be able to kind of read energy and read who people are and I can do that better in person. Um, I'm just not, I'm not into the fake bullshit. That's why I don't live in LA. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not into the game playing. I'm not into wondering what's really going on. I just, I just don't like it. Well, I think also you're, you're a very active woman too, April. And I can't see you sitting there on the phone, you know, doing that with your fingers, going through all these different messages. And I'm sure you got a bunch, like I'll no longer like online date. It was an epic fail three times. The last time before that, the guy took his bandana off his face and he had this huge <laughs> nose. Yeah. I was just, I was not having that because I get really, um, I'm, I'm very shallow. I think. First you're honest. Yeah. You know, and it's we, like that. we all are shallow to some degree, especially you guys out there. Seriously. <laughs> so what endeavors do you have now? Cause you've done a lot and guys, you have to check out her Etsy store. Okay. So my favorite candle is the cigar and whiskey, I think is what it is, but yeah. Tell us all about your Etsy. Oh gosh. Um, oh. my, <laughs> So I do organic soy candles that are uniquely scented so that you can't just like walk in somewhere and find the same candle. I like to, I'm more of a, I call myself a scentologist than a candle maker. Okay. So the, the candles and the soaps and the stuff is just the, the medium for them. So um, I went, I went most, I went part deaf um, and my sense of smell got very, very strong. So I enjoy playing around with, with scents. So that's how April's sensations on Etsy um, became a thing. Just think, some of you, this is the closest you're ever going to get to her. So like buy a soap bar and <laughs> rub it on your body while you're showering and think that's of April. Funny. <laughs> I know, I just, it's funny. Well, you know, back, um, back in 2013, my mom and grandmother, um, they died back to back within six months of each other and they were all I had left. So mm -hmm. it kind of went into about a year and a half low grade depression for a while there, I just didn't feel like doing anything. And somebody gave me really great advice when you're in that kind of a funk. Um, they told me, go back to doing the things you really enjoyed doing when you were a kid, before you were worried about what, you know, chasing the paycheck or worried about how much time you spent here and there. So I made a list of all the things I liked to do when I was young. And then I started doing some of those things again. And one of those things was making candles. So I was posting them on Instagram and Facebook and people, you know, it's just making weird sense. I was just making stuff up and trying things and people were like, Oh, I'd like to buy that. I'm like, why would you want to buy that? You haven't even smelled it. Like I, I just couldn't wrap my head around it, but it became a very expensive hobby. And now I know why soy candles are so expensive. It became an expensive hobby. And eventually I caved and said, all right, I'll sell a couple here and there. And eventually somebody's like, you should just open an Etsy store. Yeah. So it's, it's not a profitable business, but it's one that at least pays for itself. <laughs> or even eBay. Cause I have my whole thing that I've always liked which was vintage jewelry from estate sales, cleaning them up. And I know the value of a lot of them. So I started an Etsy store, the vintage affair. And I also have it on eBay and I, I does a bunch of stuff on there. I still got to clean up and put together and stuff. So that's, yeah, you should like whoever is listening, just buy a candle um, the free pebbles one is really good. I still have mine. I didn't burn it all the way down and soaps. And you also have a podcast, April. Tell us about your podcast. Please. I do have a bunch of little things. Yeah, you um, do. Only fans, right? It's actually the one year anniversary of our, mm -hmm. our podcast today. Today Ooh. was the day we found out we had one. So it's the A show. 
We are live on Tuesday nights. It's uh, Aaron Stevens and myself. He was uh, Damian Sandow in WWE. And we have the tagline that smart is the new sexy. So yeah. we tend to cover things that aren't getting coverage on regular news. We mm -hmm. cover a lot of mental health. We cover um, how to get healthier. Um, a lot of funny things. Um, we'll cover like a sex topic here and there. Last yeah. week was weird fetishes. And... Uh, <laughs> the week before was alternatives to dealing with erectile dis, uh, dysfunction and what can be done. Oh, um, yep. So we kind of, we're all over the place. We have guests on, you know, we'll I cover, we'll, we'll do virgin everything. I that had that. I'm sorry. I just, I dated, like he's 41 or 42 years old. He was a virgin and he had PED. I dumped him. Mm, I think when you get past a certain age, everybody has dated somebody who has had it. And then it becomes mental. Like they, there's so much stress involved with it too. It, it, it'll really mess with them. They try again. So it's like a whole thing. There's a whole thing with it. Yeah. So yeah. It happened to them. And then do you yeah. have an OnlyFans and a website as well? I do. Um, I'm on OnlyFans, April Hunter. Uh, I have Patreon, April Hunter. I have AprilHunter.com. I can be found on Instagram at RealAprilHunter. I just published a children's book. It's on Amazon and Barnes and Noble called Monty, the tale of no tale. Um, I kind of have just my foot in a bunch of little, little ponds around. I'm, I'm writing a, a pilot. Uh, that's why I just graduated. To, um, I graduated for writing and research uh, from Full Sail University. So enter writing for entertainment was one of those, one of those avenues. Wow. Okay. No, that's interesting. You definitely have your hands in a lot of different stuff. And you have a website people could just go to. And, you know, if you could throw out your social media handles, that would be awesome. Uh, I wish it was, I should get my link tree together, but I haven't. So <laughs> Twitter is April Hunter. Uh, Instagram is real April Hunter. And Facebook, I believe is also real April Hunter. Okay. So those are, those are the easiest and simplest. Do you have any messages for your fans? Well, if they're still with me after all these years, they should know that I am deeply grateful and we are just getting old together, baby. We're just oh. getting old together. <laughs> right. Know, okay. no, thank you. Thank you, fans. Yeah, dude, you're never, well, it's, it's all a number. I mean, truthfully, you're only as old as the people you feel. So I feel like 27 today. How <sighs> do I feel? I'm to aim for 21. Huh? I permanently feel about 32. Sometimes my neck feels about, uh, I want to say 82, 83 years old, yeah. 89. But I personally feel about eh, 32, 34. Yeah, it never, it never stops. Well, thank you so much for coming on and chit-chatting. And um, I will, I'll check out your podcast soon. Awesome. And thank you for having me on yours. Thank you. <laughs> oh, yeah.